Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, are you thinking about joining the ranks of podcasters? If so, let me give a shout out to Blueberry, who is part of how this show is here today. They make it so easy with their PowerPress plugin. Each show is effortlessly linked to iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and more. Even better, they have five-star support with Mike to get everything humming along. Go to Blueberry.com, that's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, and use promo code LISTEN to get your free month trial. In this episode, I'm talking with James Delancey. He's a screenwriter, director, and filmmaker from Berlin, Germany. James has a great story about how the seeds were planted for this passion when he was a child and how he sort of found his way to it and the things he's been up to these days. And you'll find it especially exciting to know that this is the first podcast episode where I've actually been debating with the guest about a couple of things. So you'll want to check this out because that's something new. And with that, here's James. Hi, James. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Hello, Jane. So, James, let's start out with telling people what it is you do. Sometimes I'd like to let them guess, but let's go ahead and tell them this time. (laughs) Uh, No guessing needed. Uh, I'm a director. I love directing and I love writing. And the funny thing is I started writing and then I found out it would be nice to direct. So my main passion is, I would say, for now, writing screenplays and series. That's so cool. How did you find that? Like, is that what you went to school for? Or did you stumble upon it? What brought you to that profession? And that's pretty long story to cut it short. (laughs) I uh, I buried myself in books since I was a young boy. I think it started when I was like five or six or seven or so when I started to read. And um, then I always, you know, was in in my bedroom reading away although the sun was shining outside and sometimes I went out for soccer and stuff but mainly I was just inside reading all the stuff I could get my hands on like fantasy like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. like Wizard of Oz and stuff like this um, crime also like detective stories and stuff like this and dinosaur stuff you know all the all the stuff little boys read and uh, then I got older and then I uh, I started watching movies and still read a lot and um, I'm 35 now and it took me quite a long time to figure out you know what to do because in my early 20s I started uh, playing in a band when I was 18, 19, 20 around this age and, and then I made some music I started um, studying literature and culture and sociology and um, four years ago, so when I was 31, I, um, I read this story 
um, it was a small story and I never wrote a screenplay before or never, you know, um, yeah, I just went to the cinema, so to speak, and just watched a movie and talked about this with friends and analyzed this a bit. But and then I, you know, then I read this story and it, it somehow pushed a button. So, um, so you, cannot... so you read a story that that triggered it, or wrote, yeah. read. Can I you what? Can you say what story it is? Um, unfortunately, no, I cannot because um, I I turned this into my first short film. And if I tell you, I can tell I can tell you the the basic situation. Okay. Um, because otherwise, it would spoil my first short film. Box oh, of we Dark. don't want to do that. <laughs> no, we won't do that. So, um, um, basically, it's a story that happened in New York City um, four years ago, and it involved um, a young girl in her twenties and um, her mother. And there was some strange stuff going on, and um, it was just a small article, but I read it and then was like, "Hmm, sounds like a like a small like a small film, like a short film to mm. me." And then I sat down and you know thought about how would you how would I structure it, how would I tell the story, and then I uh, read some stuff about um, screenwriting, how to, which software to use, and then I bought professional software and wrote this because I wanted this to be nice and good and the way it's done. Mm-hmm. And then I um and then I thought, oh yeah, I know this guy who's who's nice and who has a camera and I uh, met him at the party and <laughs> It's all about who we know, right? We need to yeah. know people with stuff. Exactly. And I knew him. <laughs> right. So I hit him up and um then I casted some actresses and then I was looking for a flat and I found one and then I decided to okay, yeah. Why not even direct this stuff when, uh, when you put your own money in? So um, that's the way I became a director. That is an incredible story. I mean, like how how fun was that as that was going on? I mean, I think about in my own life when I've started on a new, well, like say starting the podcast, there was this like the excitement was almost intoxicating of creating mm-hmm. something. Tell me about how it was for you as you created this the short film? Mm, I think it was a lot of fun writing it, mm. but directing it was very, very hard. So, um, so I, 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 when I was, um, when I was younger, I think it was when I was like 16, 17, 18, I started also writing books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got me nowhere because I wrote I I, um, I wrote all the stuff like X Files or some mystery um, mm-hmm. novels and I maybe some kind of journal entries like a little biography based on my own life and uh, well these were all just copies of other stuff and I never read um, how to 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 write and how to to structure a book how to introduce characters when I was this young so I uh, I wrote about I would write about. 30 or 60 pages and then I got stuck and just uh, you know leave it so um so I kept on reading and maybe subconsciously speaking I was I already knew how books were structured or how film was structured so um because the good thing when it comes to movies is um you don't have to understand everything because the 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 picture speaks for itself so Mm -hmm. um 
people don't talk sometimes don't talk a lot people just show stuff on movie what the movie in the movies what they do so um so i saw a lot of movies and maybe i thought okay i like david lynch i like woody allen i like um christopher nolan and scorsese or classics and stuff so um they somehow told me how to introduce protagonists in some kind of independent filmmaking standard mm -hmm. big budget production so i thought okay I should introduce this character by doing this and then uh, doing that. And what about this? And then I learned a lot about, you know, themes I wanted to explore and I explored them. And then I was finished with the book and I was very pleased with that. And I gave it to some friends. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's really nice. And although it's very long for a short film, 15 pages, 15 minutes. Uh -huh. um, so, um, so I, yeah, what are you going to do now? So I <laughs> was a um was very very difficult so it was very difficult to transition it into the actual filming um i was also producing the movie and casting and uh, and, and doing wearing many hats at the same time so even on set so right. um, um it was very stressful i got my i had um, had back problems um a disc slipped and i had a lot of it wasn't i wasn't a lot of pain but i couldn't uh, let go of the flat which was very hard to secure and um took me quite a while to get this flat and film this uh, box of darkness movie in this in there mm -hmm. but um i always got to uh, i always uh, i also hired my dad to pick me up and get some some stuff to eat and all the technical stuff into the flat and build mm -hmm. it up and stuff like this all on my own and produce this for and and and, and direct this for three days while cooking during breaks <laughs> it really was a lot of work to do and i was really uh, in, in, in a good shape um and so um i was really really done and exhausted when those three shooting days were over and my dad picked me up and i you know didn't look at the material for three or four weeks and said and i would never do this again oh but really I, yeah really oh wow so you yeah. you got to the point of doing something you were super excited about and couldn't wait, and then it was that. It's kind of like it sounds like when people run a marathon, when they try they train for a marathon and they can't wait, and they get excited, and then at the end they're like, "I'm never doing that again." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, especially I mean um, this analogy um, when it comes to women. Maybe it can be compared because I'm just a man, I'm not a woman, and it can be com compared to giving birth. Yes, I was thinking that too. Maybe <laughs> I read it. A lot about filmmaking later on, you know, about famous directors and how they would approach making a movie. And there was this huge Hollywood roundtable with Tarantino and Chris, and uh, not Christopher Nolan, but um, Inarito and um, um, many other famous directors, Ridley Scott. And they were all um, very exhausted um, when they when they talked about the process of filmmaking and how they how they would stay in shape and how they would you know pull through so um every director has this and it's totally normal to be um you know exhausted after mm -hmm. a certain period of shooting period of shooting well sometimes i think it's even the amount of mental focus that it takes right so when you um finally went back and looked at it again did that mm -hmm. did you change your perception or your thoughts about the experience oh yeah um 
It's quite funny because a friend of mine who um, I got to know um, via Facebook, he graded the movie and he's now at a quite famous university in, uh, in Germany. Mm -hmm. He said, he, he told me this nice story. He has a professor and he told him, you always make three movies. The first one after you finish the script, the second one after you've done shooting and the third one after you edit the movie. So um, I think this is quite true. So when I started looking at the material and tagging it and filing it and, you know, um, just having a look at all the stuff I shot mm -hmm. um, or my camera or my crew shot, my wonderful crew shot, they were so good. Um, then I suddenly realized how it all came together. And then I started, you know, I also wanted to edit the movie because I, I read somewhere that it would be good if you as a director would know most of the stuff people do on your movie. So um took me half a year to learn the software and to edit this movie and then I had a lot of fun editing stuff mm -hmm. and, you know, shaping the movie, um, making it even a bit better than I had originally um, anticipated. So it was a good thing. It sounds like you're really um, great at the, you know, the meticulous, the tiniest details at that part of it and that you like that, that gets you excited about it, like the writing, which is very detailed and editing 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 and the editing at the end as well do you find that is am i picking up on that correctly mm, um it's hard for, for me personally in a movie to get all the details right because mm -hmm. this is almost impossible because mm -hmm. um um as i learned film is such a such a such a such a great team sport you know you need a mm -hmm. lot of good people and um i also started a vlog with my camera guy and we talk about um how to make movies how to make a script great and how to get into a writer's room how to um you know how to make a good movie and one of the hints or one of the tips um, I have I can give people is that um, you have to pick a great team mm. so if you have a great team and you listen to them it's always nice you always find little spots little I, 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 I try to take care of all the details but mm -hmm. it's impossible right so I have a good crew that's a really good way of putting it you know I was just I went to a movie last night with my son and we mm -hmm. stayed and watched all the credits at the end it was the um, it's a yes. new we saw um what is it yeah. the hitman's bodyguard it was pretty funny actually i liked it yes. quite a lot but um when you think about it all those people that we, people often walk out and don't watch that list and they don't yeah. you know realize how many people i mean I, i'm always astounded by how many people but also the fact that they all have to get along and be working towards a common goal and it's a different team every time you know um more or less, yeah. I mean, essentially, you look at like, okay, a football team, right? They mm -hmm. they practice and train and learn and learn how to really be, you know, cohesive. Or you look at a company where it's relatively a lot of the same people. I mean, there's people coming and going in a small amount, mm -hmm. but relatively. But when you uh, do a film, it's um, you might have a few key people that are the same, but a lot of times you're bringing in all new players because of schedules and things like that and talent and all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that you've described all that, I can tell that I want to put out to the world that someday I would love to be on a movie set, if for nothing else, just to observe and ask people lots of questions. So in your experience, is there um, a director or uh, someone who you would like, you would wish you could be on their movie set just to learn and sort of like shadow them? Mm. 
Yeah, a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of people are there on set side, but since I'm at the moment, I'm working on four series now, uh, so um, it's not it's not so much more anymore about um, big movies like Christopher Nolan or maybe Woody Allen set or stuff like this, in Arito or something like this, but it's more about series. Mm. I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan, and, uh, and I love the way they tell the story of Walter White and also Saul Goodman in Better Call Saul. And um, so I would love to work with um, Wins Gilligan and Peter Gould and all, all this wonderful team, Heather Marion, and all the other writers, Tom Schnauz. And so that's why, um, funny that you ask us, because right now at the moment I'm analyzing again all the Breaking Bad, no, all the Better Call Saul episodes to write my spec script, my um, script for a future Better Call Saul episode. Hopefully... Uh, someone will read this and say, okay, this guy got talent, we'll hire him. And maybe someday I'll work with, um, I'll be in the writer's room mm-hmm. um, of Better Call Saul. Oh, that's amazing. It's, um, you know, it's it's funny that you, you say Breaking Bad. That keeps coming up in conversations lately. And uh, people, I've, I have not seen Breaking Bad. And the only reason that I haven't seen it is because I have challenges watching things happen to people that are gruesome. Okay. So every time I think, oh, I'll watch that, like Game of Thrones, same thing. Everybody talks about it. Can't get through it. Even in the movie last night, which was a comedy, there was a moment where they were doing some torturing of spies. Sorry for the spoiler, everybody. Uh, But um, mm. like even that, I have to close my eyes the whole time. And this time I had to actually like stick my fingers in my ears because I couldn't handle the sound. (laughs) And that didn't even work. So that was unfortunate. But so then I had to mentally tell myself, it's pretend, it's pretend, it's pretend. But um, but I recently watched, because I'm a big fan of Jason Bateman, I watched mm-hmm. Ozark, the series that I think it's on Netflix. Um, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I did. Okay, so everybody tells me it's sort of like Breaking Bad, or it's like the people who are super depressed because there isn't any Breaking Bad that's new to watch right now are watching Ozark. And... um it makes me think a little bit. I'm like, well, if I could get through that, I could probably handle Breaking Bad. So I might go back and start binging on that for a while. That's my next binge. Because it, it must be so good. Everybody talks about it. Really? Because um, I have a reputation for being brutally honest. Uh, so it's not my cup of tea. I, I, I try to watch every pilot or every new season that's out there, really. And uh-huh. um, it didn't stick with me. A friend of mine told me, that um, it's very good and I should stick um, stick to it and um, keep on watching because it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to myself, no, I'm not going to, to, to watch three or four episodes and um, give away three or four um, hours of my time just because episodes six and seven would be great. So I just watched three or four episodes and then I gave up because it was so, too much of a Breaking Bad rip-off. Ah, uh, it- Okay. And a bad one, no good storyline, um, not a clear <clears throat> goal to reach, um, stupid characters, oh. um, especially when it comes to the hillbillies and stuff like this. So, yeah, um, I would agree there. They were pretty so exaggerated. Good. I mean, the characters, that's good for you. I, I appreciate you saying that and being honest about it. I think I watched it because, well, again, it's the Jason, Jason Bateman mm-hmm. fan thing. That's part of it. But also... But also like for me, because I don't watch a lot of 
things that have violence or craziness like that, every episode I was like shocked. Like that happened. And the things that happened were probably mm-hmm. nothing compared to what goes on in Breaking Bad and other other series like Game of Thrones. There, I mean, it or wasn't real or real life. I mean, it wasn't exceptionally clever. It was more mm-hmm. shocking. I think was the way, wow. but I, I had to see what happened then. I'm like, okay, now I have to know what happened. It was one of those things that, um, yeah, I binge watched it. And, you know, two weeks later, I'm like, okay, that's done now. I can move on with my life. <laughs> maybe, maybe sure you should, um, um, try watching Better Call Saul because a lot of people told Vince Gilligan, the creator, that they didn't watch Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. um, but they love Better Call Saul. So this is a really great compliment if they, um, if you if you love those two series because I love them both very much mm-hmm. and um, they're kind of different in tone but feature the same landscape and other Kirk you know and similar premise you know like underdog um, shady guy how will he end up and stuff like this so what but is this a, other one called I'm not what is it called it's called Better Call Saul and it's about a lawyer he's called oh, Saul yeah, okay. Goodman is a shady lawyer in uh, Breaking Bad, and um, they tell his story. You know how he started out. How why did he want to become want to become a lawyer? Who else is there? And it's so fascinating. I absolutely love it. So I've it, seen it ten times. So. so it's a spinoff on Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's actually a, pre- a prequel. Okay, so that's actually a question I have for you. Um, what are your thoughts on those kinds of things? You know, I. I think for me, the first time I saw it was with Star Wars, but I just saw the latest Spider-Man movie because I mm-hmm. kind of love, um, I kind of love that kind of stuff, and I liked it. it. It was going back in time, but I liked it. So, what is your, what is your, uh, what are your thoughts on that when things go, when they go mm-hmm. backwards in the storyline? Mm, I think um, Better Call Saul is the only example that makes sense for me personally. Okay, but. When it comes to um, Star Wars or um, those all the superhero stuff, um, I'm not a big fan of superheroes. Uh, I like Batman and and the stuff and the Christopher Nolan franchise Batman, but um, um, personally, I think it's just um, pure money making, and it's mm-hmm. okay if you want to tell a story and you have a universe of you know. 10,000 superheroes, yeah, okay, give everyone a series and uh, then give them a series where they all come together and fight crime. It's, but I'm kind of exhausted by this. Mm. I don't think it's good storytelling. Maybe my, some people love um, those um, Iron Fist guy or this Jessica Jones character or the Magnificent Flash, but, but um, I think um, it's quite boring for me to, I think it's all the same more or less for me personally. And um, film has been there for over 100 years now, but um, everything has been played, everything has been recorded, everything has been said. But I think there are a lot of nice people and great people, I, I know them, out there who write really, really, really great scripts. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think this hurts a lot when um you know the second or third franchise or spin-off of the second part blah 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 movie mm-hmm. gets made and you're sitting at home and talk to your buddies and they have such so so great stories to tell and every, every everything that is produced is um just another superhero spin-off mm-hmm. so what do you think are some of your favorite character movies like what are 
give me some examples of that where you feel like they've done a better job of describing a story. When it comes to to movies or series, either one. I mean, we know Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, mm -hmm. but what are some others where you feel like the character development is more exquisite and mm -hmm. well done? I think I also love Mr. Robot very much. Okay, um, you can see that <clears throat> it was meant to be um, a movie script because mm -hmm. um, the first season very much focuses on him and Mr. Robot, not to spoil anything. And but the second season, you know, develops in kind of a different way, which is quite nice. And I'm really looking forward to see the third season. And um, yeah, it's one of my favorite series at the moment. Mm. But apart from this, um, I have to dig deeper because in my my humble opinion, I think a lot of um, weird stuff popped up uh, um amazon prime and netflix and not even hbo but um on a few other cable networks so many series you know popped up and they weren't this good um for example gypsy um they should have turned this into a movie and not into a 10 uh, episode uh, season okay is it that the one about the um the woman and she had she was a a counselor or a psychologist? Mm -hmm. Naomi Watts is a suburban mom and he's a psychologist. She's a psychologist and she gets involved with uh, people's and her patients' lives. But it's good to know that you that you said that um, uh, Naomi Watts' role resonated with her with you because um, that's the that's the that's the best part, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. when when we see parts of ourselves and those characters and we root for them and. Mm -hmm. The best characters, in my opinion, are those characters we don't like, and but we are, as you said before, when, when where we are curious, mm -hmm. what will happen next? Makes makes like like Vince Gilligan did in Breaking Bad, you know, like he really made us root for this horrible person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really strange for me to see, and kind of um, kind of you know opened up a new world for me. I just think it helps you understand, or helps me, I should say, I shouldn't put it on you. It helps me understand the human human nature mm -hmm. and why people make choices that they do. It doesn't necessarily make me excited for some of the choices people make, but it really mm -hmm. helps me understand the complexity of our minds and our, our us as human beings and 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 like have compassion. It gives me more compassion. For when people make choices that I don't agree with, or when I myself make a choice that I'm like, oh, that was a that was not my best choice, or that was not my best moment. I can have more mm -hmm. compassion for myself by seeing other examples of how people behave and choose. Mm -hmm. And I also like um, now that that you're talking uh, about this. <clears throat> I also like that if people make a wrong choice and try mm -hmm. to, to cover it up and try to make the best of this. I, I have this scene in my head where where Walter White comes home in this uh, fifth season or so, um, and, uh, and he's... And his wife just wants to get away, and his son, Walter Jr., just wants to get away, and he's protecting his, um, he, Walter Jr. is protecting his mom, and then Walt just screams, Come on, we're family! And you can see all the pain and all the misery, and you can see that, oh no, they're, they're not a family anymore. It's been going on for, for, for so long, and you haven't, you, you didn't see it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that was so, so, so strange. You know how people, you know, lie to themselves and keep on going and try to make up for things that, that are already lost. I really like this tragedy in this character, tragedy, mm -hmm. tragedy, tragedy in this character. But it took him till like fifth season, right? You just said for that moment to happen. And maybe that is the 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 demise of Ozark for for someone like yeah. for for you from your perspective is that they were trying to do those things really fast because I think that probably yeah. happened at about episode five or four you know what I mean like they were there wasn't enough of that long term pain and suffering and inner inner relationships to see yeah. those same to get to that same level of compassion for them and understanding of them possibly yeah. That And I also think that um, giving uh, the main character this really abstract goal, in my opinion, to uh, to launder what was like 500 million bucks. Yeah, a lot of money, the, right? Yes, like what the, what the hell? What, what kind of kind of um, aim is this? I mean, Walter just wanted not to spoil anything. Um, Walter just wanted to to take care of his family, and, and then he you know calculated the amount of money he needed to keep them going after he was gone. So all this him it's, just, it's in a pilot him being diagnosed with cancer now set so many things in motion right. that you know put it at so many things. And this 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 Ozark series is basically just I have this guy here. And he's kind of a nice guy, but he has some, done some bad things. Right. And now he has to suffer. He has 500 million bucks in five years. And then we're going to watch him five or six seasons try to launder this money. It's a bit like, okay, no, really. For 50 episodes? No. Right, right, right. It's, in my opinion. No. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird thing. I think that what really got me through that series what um, was the fact that he was almost always completely calm yeah and that like he had done such a masterful i mean masterful isn't it but i mean what they did what they created out the way that they portrayed him was as if he had done such a masterful job of mm -hmm. really compartmentalizing the chaos of his life because it was all chaos every direction he turned mm -hmm. yet he was like that's not even that's not even happening I'm just going along about my day. This is totally normal. And mm -hmm. it was, there was nothing normal about it on any level, in any direction yeah. you turned. But enough about Ozark. We're giving it way yeah, too much attention, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, yes. so. But, but wait, let me, let me, let me wrap this up because, okay. um, I, I always wanted to say, I'm a screenwriter, it's very, very hard to get your stuff published and you can pitch a lot of stuff and you can pitch it to cool people and people who like you and it's the right time and stuff and um, you only get yes or so uh, once or twice a year if you're lucky and then it needs to get produced and production and it needs to get on the air and stuff like this. So I have a lot of respect for people who pitch stuff and for a series and get picked up and even mm -hmm. go get a second season because this is very very rare nowadays so i'm glad for the guys who um, who made this and mm -hmm. got it on the air and um hopefully people will watch this and also will they will also order a second season i think mm -hmm. that's okay because they they worked on this a lot but it's personally it's not my thing And I think that's okay. There's a lot of things that aren't my thing. There's a lot of things that aren't, you know, everybody, that's why there's so many 
such a variety of options of what we can watch. Mm -hmm. So that's my next question. And this might, um, hopefully it's not too hard of a question to answer, but what do you, what story do you think hasn't been told yet that we need to see out there again or again, or for the first time? Mm. To be honest, um, I think um, I also play guitar and bass and keyboard, and so you know all the chords and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you know also all the basic patterns. Um, you know how everything works. You know how a guitar works, a keyboard, and uh, the drums. But then you put four people in a room and give everyone an instrument and say to them, okay, write a song or mm -hmm. write an album or write another album. So it's always about the chemistry between different people creating new stuff, um, especially when it comes to writer's rooms, because I started writing my own series in August last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, well, that was a very stupid decision because I started this on my own. And then in November, I got into a writer's room and we wrote Buried, which is um, a really, really cool series. And I hope it will change a lot if it gets picked up. Some people are interested in this and um, I'm very proud of this. I think it's the best thing I have ever written so far. But um, in this writer's room, I learned that um, Ben Schaaf, uh, our head writer, came up with an idea which was very nice and very high concept and um, a storyline. And then we turned this around into um, fun, a finite um, set of seasons and a different storyline and different characters. And it was all just us three. Um, so if one person would have done this, it would have been a totally different series. If two, and two other person would have done this again. So I think it's... It's about people and chemistry and people who get together uh, in, a, in a room to to find something new, to find a new twist to a story mm -hmm. and to tell something new which um, which hasn't been told before. But based on stuff that, you know, it's, it's there or has been there for, you know, like decades, like you know, more like thousands of years, like the ancient Greeks. So the stories exist. It's the fact of the collaboration that creates something mm -hmm. new, right? Exactly. Yeah, I've had that experience myself writing with somebody and it it's actually pretty exciting. So did you know these two people before you uh, got working with them or was it how did that happen? How do you get into a writer's room? Mm -hmm. um, the funny thing is then um, this is my next episode of my Monday vlog. Oh, okay. um, I will post this uh, this Monday, so when this episode is out, it will be online. Um, but generally speaking, <laughs> here comes the funny story. Um, I got to know Ben um, through Instagram, too. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, Instagram is the place, yeah. people. Go there. get Find people. <laughs> <laughs> Take pictures and hit up random strangers on the internet. No, look, don't do this. Just be cautious, um, be cautious about it, yeah. Yeah, meet in a public place. No, that's <laughs> right, not. Right, right. Um, <laughs> okay. No, um, yeah, and... Um, he sort of became my mentor, and um, he, uh, he posted some some screenshots on how to write stuff. You know how to give your characters edge, how to um, succeed as a writer, how to uh, yada yada all this mm -hmm. stuff. So I I hit him up and I said, oh yeah, you got really nice advice, and you also live in Berlin. You seem like a nice guy. You want to have coffee sometime? I said, yeah, I'm pretty busy, but if you come around um, this area. 
um, I, I, I pay for your cake, and um, then hmm. when we can, and I need to get my my kids to school and have a full schedule. I hope that's okay. And I said, yes, of course. So um, we had a cake, <laughs> and then, which was pretty unusual for a first meeting. <laughs> and, um, like an actual cake, or is yeah, that a, like not a... just a piece of cake? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, and then we got to know each other, and I made my first um, short film, and I showed it to him, and he really liked it, and he was really proud of me doing this. And um, we met for a couple of times, and we had, um, yeah, we, we just met for a beer, and then he said um, at the end of last year, James, what about um, what about um, a writer's room? Would you be interested, uh, open to this concept? I think you would be good in this. And I said, yeah. What do you need for this? And he said, okay, can you can you send me anything you've you've written? And I said, okay, I can send you this. And then I sent him the script for my latest movie, which is called The Bat. We filmed mm -hmm. this in May, um, but I've written this uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, The Bat will be out soon, hopefully oh. more or less. And um, yeah, and then I immediately regretted, regretted this because I thought, oh no, I think it's going to be a really big chance to be in a writer's room and to learn a lot of stuff from him. And why did I send him this uh, two-year-old comedy drama script? And I said, ah, shit, I'm so <laughs> stupid. Should have taken some time. I said, yeah, let me, let me, let me have a look at stuff, and then you know. Um, give myself five five days time and write something new and interesting and fresh and I said oh shit I already sent it to him and I was so stupid I would never get this and he called me and the next day I said oh yeah I really like it um, how how's Friday for you nice don't you love it when it goes that way yeah <laughs> um, I was really surprised I, th I thought it would be good but I was so old so I thought okay he would say no and then um, I met Demi Enter there um, she's very very talented and very very good and um, she's so young. She's like 25 or so. And she's from California, from Santa Barbara, too. Mm. And yeah, and um, we've been writing Buried um, since November. And uh, we are about to finish it soon. Very exciting. So this is new for me. Can I ask, how does this work, a writer's room? Do you like go online and like video collaborate? Or do you send the script around and you each edit it? Like, how does that work? Um... I was thinking of um, writing a new series with um, our camera guy, who is also a director and a good friend of mine, but he will go to Brazil. And I was thinking of um, he would be the perfect guy to write this German series because he's also German. And But Skyping and writing, uh, I don't think it would be a good idea. Uh -huh. um, Especially um, since he's new to series mm -hmm. and uh, writer's room, the concept of writer's room. So I thought, uh, no, I wouldn't wouldn't want to do it. So in, in, a, in this writer's room of uh, for Barry, we meet once or <clears throat> sometimes even twice a week uh, in a room in Kreuzberg, and we um, we work on the things we we talked about last week, and we wrap ups. Uh, we wrap up a lot of things and and storylines and characters and ideas, and throw also throw away a lot of stuff. So it's quite complex when it comes to characters and storylines and ideas and things. So um, yeah, we meet in a room and then we discuss ideas and throw away stuff and find out new stuff. So a writer's room is literally a room. Exactly. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was because you hear of like chat rooms and things like that. So I wasn't sure if it was an in-person kind of thing. And I get how uh -huh. that can be really um, powerful to be in the same space and creatively um, working on things. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Ja, yeah, really love it. Uh, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life, and mm. it's uh, it's so much fun. I couldn't think of anything else which is more fun than writing stories and being in a writer's room. Literally, nothing else beats this. Oh, that's awesome! That's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. So, will like this? You... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> it's like with you and your podcast. You see, you told me earlier when we uh, had our little. Um, a pre-production talk that you you said you want to do this all the time and not go to sleep anymore exactly <laughs> exactly that's exactly how it is like all day every day i would just love to yeah. do this um so yeah i know that feeling and i'm so excited for you that you have that actually did you know what that was like before this what it felt like to have that excitement about what you're doing <laughs> this is also quite funny because mm -hmm. um the First thing that uh, that uh, popped up in my mind was um, yeah finishing the book, mm. and ah. the, se the second thing was um, getting a girlfriend. Ah, so those are some good examples for people who maybe haven't found this thing yet that you have now, yeah. but that there's something out there like that. I totally get that. Although I have the opposite feeling when I finish a book, I'm always sad. Because I want to stay with those characters. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. but you were part of me for the last whatever, you know, week or month or whatever it took. And now you're gone. So um, mm. I have a different so feeling. I totally get, so I totally get why people like spin-offs mm -hmm. and uh, all those Marvel and uh, DC comics and what have you got series. So um, I get it. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this has been really fun for me. Um I hope it is free high for you too, yeah. <laughs> but just sort of, um, you know, we have no history together other than a few Instagram likes, right? And um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun just sort of exploring your mind. Yeah, so, thank you yeah. for inviting me and for asking me all those questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and just for everyone's uh, information, there was no prep on this. We just basically go in and have a conversation. Yeah. Like we literally yeah. just had coffee yeah. together. Uh, across the world so yeah um, not even cake i know no cake sorry next time i'll have to start ordering cake <laughs> <Better>. <laughs> good advice um so Fair. tell people where they can find you because i and, and actually before we do that james talk mm -hmm. a little bit about your um your youtube page or your youtube channel and what you're mm -hmm. doing there because that's pretty exciting too um to be honest i just uh, went online and uh, got a youtube account because i wanted to promote my short films um then i realized nobody would watch them <laughs> because it's <laughs> huge competition out there and you got just uh, three or four subscribers and that's it um but at least i have a, quite a huge following when it comes to facebook and instagram now um so like one or two thousand people watched my first movie and the other stuff is not online so i thought it would be nice to um give people um an insight of um how to break into movies and how to to do movies and um to send me some questions um, um i think in one or two weeks i will answer a, a, a vlog and rock episode where I um, where someone sent me a question and I'm really looking forward that people you know would more interact with me and you know sent me some questions when mm -hmm. it comes to filmmaking not have me talk all the time about what does it take to make a good movie or um, how um, how bad is a character or how to get into a writer's room so I wanted to to give away some of my acquired knowledge um, so to say um, 
to people who would be new to movies or would you know looking for would be looking for um special stuff you know like one or two minutes of advice on a certain maybe nerd topic maybe um some kind of mainstream topic whatever i just want to give away my knowledge that's really nice that's really great and i've watched a couple of them and you do you do a great job i like the way that you present it really oh thank you because we just started and i think it's all a bit um have the skeleton but okay thank you well i think it's authentic though and that's what i like about it it's just very real um Mm -hmm. people often think they have to have either super high production quality or like something really super (laughs) super fancy or they think you know you've seen other things where you're like they're obviously not even paying attention to the audio and this is not yours for sure but Mm. it's yours is in the right zone you know it's like very yeah. per- it feels comfortable it feels real and genuine and i like it so i hope you keep doing more of that oh yeah well. <laughs> so tell people where they can find you let's do that yeah you can find me um you just type in you just google james a delance and then you can find me i'm there on instagram twitter youtube facebook um yeah just um write me a short mm-hmm. mail if you want to know stuff about my vlogs or um yeah i want to know maybe even collaborate or on berlin one want to have a coffee and talk about movies and stuff or even go to the movies just hit me up i'm always curious to meet new people that's awesome and you're coming to the u.s right yeah next week the week after when, when will you be here i think uh, i'll be there uh, in mid-september in new york and then uh, i fly over to los angeles and california and i'm really 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 looking forward to uh, this my uh, this this trip, uh, I think it's my first, yeah, it's my first road trip to the US. Very exciting. So we'll be sure to get this episode up before mid-September so that anybody who wants to reach out to James in New York or Thanks. in California can contact yeah. him and connect with you and talk writer's rooms and screenplays and all of that <laughs> good stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was really you, fun. Jim. All right. Well, take yeah, care. Me too. So what about you? Ozark, a win or not a win? For me, I think for sure it was Jason Bateman that brought me to the show. But then the fact that every episode I pretty much gasped at some point during the show and I couldn't stop watching. It's like one of those things, you know, when there's a train wreck and you can't look away. It was like that. Anyway, the thing I took away from the episode with James was how he tried all the parts of filmmaking and realized that the part he loved the most was writing and really paying attention to that. It's kind of like that with me and podcasting. So I'm learning all the parts and it's taking a lot of work to learn them actually. Some things are easier than others, but when it comes right down to it, the part I love is putting on the headphones, getting on a call with someone and hearing their story. So I want to do more of that. Thanks for listening. So are you following your passion, inspiring people? willing to share your story then find me because that's what i do and remember keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where i'll be wandering next some guest updates and the latest random acquaintance story for up to the moment shenanigans follow the show on facebook instagram and twitter and if you see me post from down the road at your local diner Be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.